Let the church say amen. What a wonderful privilege it is for me to return home. I want to thank your pastor for this very special privilege. My sister and I were, were driving with my wife through the snow this morning. And I remembered all the things that I miss about Cleveland and the things that I don't. Uh, I certainly miss my friends. I miss growing. I miss this church. When I, when I heard that song, it took me back. Once upon a time, we, the choir sang that very song. I don't think there are very many churches where you, where you hear the gospel and the anthem in the same church at the same time. But um, I, the, the one thing that I don't miss is the snow. Uh, uh, and, and my wife, who's a southerner, we, my, my sister and I were excited, but my wife, as the young people say, she wasn't feeling it uh, uh, this morning. But what a joy, what a joy it is uh, to be home. This, I owe so much to this church. The, the foundation for doing what I do now began in this church. It began downstairs <laughs> with people like Catherine Hardy Dandridge and Sister Vinoy and Grace Drake and Jane Smith and Letha James and, and Barbara Davis and, and all the people who formed. It, 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 it's no accident that so many preachers came out of this church. And I want to thank those of you who, who made such an enormous contribution uh, to my life. And then I want to thank your pastor. You, I don't have to tell you, do I, what you have in your pastor. Uh, I, I, was, I was at Pine Forge, Elder Edmonds, when, when, when you and I talked you, uh, about you coming to Glenville. I, I'm not in the habit of voluntarily surrendering good workers. But, uh, but when he told me he was coming to Glenville, I said, go. Uh, because I knew that the combination of Pastor Myron Edmonds and Glenville was too dynamic for any of us to stand in the way. And, and what I see today reminds me, first of all, of the Glenville that I grew up. And, and I have no doubt that as glorious and, and, has, and, has, and as historic as Glenville's days in the past were, I have no doubt that despite all of that, under you and God and Elder Edmonds, the best days of Glenville, are not in its past, but they're in its future. Well the, well, the Lord wants to talk to you today, but before he talks to you, let's talk to him in prayer. Father, we've come to your time. Speak to us now, Lord, for your servants are ready to hear you. Should there be anyone here with the mistaken idea that the preacher can do anything for them, help them to know that preachers have nothing to offer but you. 
We place ourselves in your control. Say to us, say through us what you would have said. And then, Lord, when you've done what only you can do, give us a good sense to remember who did it so that at the end of it all, we shall give only thee the praise, only thee the honor, only thee the glory. Bring someone to you before this day is over. And for that, we shall bless thy name, for it is in the name of Jesus. And for his sake, we pray that everybody say amen. I'm looking at Acts chapter 16. What book did I say, everybody? Acts chapter 16, verses 14 through 25 form the basis of what the Lord would have uh, us to say today to save a little time. Uh, I remember growing up here, we were in no hurry. The pastor was in no hurry to let you out. I remember those days. Come on, say amen. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to try to, I'm going I'm to try not to live up to that legacy. Uh, act, so I'm only going to, somebody said amen. I'm only, <laughs> was that you, Karen? <laughs> I'm only going to read verses, uh, verse 22 to 25. The book is Acts. The chapter is 16. The verses for our story are verses 14 to 25, but for the sake of time, let's just read verses 22 to 25. When you have it, let me hear you say amen. Amen. The word of the Lord speaks, and this is what it says, and the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging, thank you, charging the prisoner, uh, I'm sorry, charging the jailer, I lost my place, (laughs) and charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And I want to pause, so I want you to see those next few verses, the next few words, because they form the basis of what the Lord wants to say to you today. It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them, and at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I've entitled the Lord's message, The God of the Graveyard Shift. The God of the Graveyard Shift. Now in my life, I have had jobs where I have had to work the time period, Pastor Johnson, known as the graveyard shift. You know that time, 11 p.m. to 12 or 7 to 7 or 8 a.m. the next day, the graveyard shift. I, I read where that phrase had its roots back in the 16th century. You see, back in those days, medicine was not so nearly advanced then as it is Uh, today. And because of that, every now and then someone who was thought to be dead was really just unconscious. And because of that mistake, there were people who ended up being buried alive. 
I read of one poor sister who had a sleeping disorder. And because of that disorder, that poor sister had the misfortune of being buried alive, not once, but twice. And so to prevent that from reoccurring, they began in those days the practice of tying a bell to the headstone of, of the grave with a little cord that reached back inside. And the reason for that was, if you had the misfortune of being buried alive, there was something you could do. <laughs> you could ring that bell. <laughs> but there was a problem. In order to get the person on the inside of that casket out, somebody had to be waiting outside. Somebody had to be willing, Rochelle, to wait outside that casket that first night, all night long. And so they said of that someone, he is on the graveyard shift. <laughs> well, well, the person on the graveyard shift only had one job. His job was to wait. His job was to watch. And when, when everyone else went home from the cemetery, when, when everyone else had given up on that loved one, when, when everyone else turned back, when even the family said, it's all over, the one on the graveyard shift stayed right there that first night, listening all night long to hear a, a bell ring the, the graveyard shift. Oh, 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 I, I'm glad to tell you this morning about somebody else who waits on people. People who the Bible says are dead in their trespasses, buried alive in the graveyard of sin. And, and when everyone else has given up on us, when, when everyone else turns their back on us, I'm glad today that Jesus, uh, like the one on the graveyard shift stays right there with us, listening, the songwriter says, all night long to hear some sinner pray because he's the God of the graveyard shift. Oh, in, in our scripture reading this, this morning, we read about the third shift God, a, a God who does some of his best work at midnight. <laughs> oh, and, I, and, and, and I'm here to remind you just in case you've forgotten that God still works at midnight. Oh, oh, midnight is dark and midnight is late. In fact, midnight is the darkest part of the night, but, but I'm glad to tell you that no matter how late is your midnight, no matter how dark is your midnight, it is never too dark. It is never too late for God to work in your life, for God still works. 
He still works at midnight. Let me, let me get quickly to the story if I can. In the first part of Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are having unparalleled success. They're baptizing people left and right. And so now in the beginning of our scripture reading, God is using Paul and Silas, Alicia, to cast a demon out of a young woman. I, I like what they said in Acts chapter 16 and verse 18. Look at it. It, it starts off, they said... In the name of Jesus. Oh, I pause to tell you that there is power in the name of Jesus. Would you say amen? When I was a young pastor in Memphis, the choir used to sing a song. They, they used to say, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have a victory. Then they said, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, even Satan, he has to flee. And then the course would say, what? can ever stand before us when we call on that great name. Jesus, Jesus, we have a victory. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that there's so much power in that name that one day, just at the sound of the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. One day, just at the sound of the name of Jesus, every tongue shall confess that the owner of that name is Lord. Oh, there's power. Power, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. Would you say amen? They said in the name of Jesus, come out. And that demon came out. Ellen White says in Acts of the Apostles, page 213, that that formerly demon-possessed young woman joined the church. Oh, but I announced you today when that young lady joined the church... The devil got mad, moved on the hearts of that multitude, ripped the clothes off their backs, beat them with many stripes. That means they didn't just lay a few licks on us like they used to do at Ramah, but they beat them with many stripes, which means they beat them and beat them and beat them until they, until they got tired of beating them, until they ripped the clothes off their backs, threw them in a damp, dark, dank dungeon where there was no light, where there was hardly any air, where they couldn't even go to the bathroom. Paul and Silas found themselves in a living hell just because they tried to show that young lady to heaven. And yet, some of us will stay home from church just because somebody talks about us. And the Bible says, verse 25, at midnight, the darkest part of the night at midnight, when it was as dark as it possibly can get at midnight. Oh, and listen, anybody out there ever been through your own personal midnight? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you thought that they were your friend. You thought that they were closer to you than your own family, but, but all of a sudden they turned on you. All of a sudden they talked about you. All of a sudden they mistreated you and your best friend turned into your 
worst enemy for you. That's midnight. Oh, oh, oh ladies, you, you, you thought he meant it when he said, I love you. You thought he, he, he meant it when, when he said, this time, this is forever, but you found out there's somebody else. And for you, that's midnight. Oh, 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 oh what, what do you do? When your personal clock strikes midnight, what do you do when, as a parent, you sacrifice for your child and struggle for your child and you give up things for your child when, when you do everything you know for them to turn out right, but still, somehow, they turn out wrong for you as a parent? That's sure enough midnight. What do you do when your clock Strikes. I don't know what you do, but, but the Bible says Paul and Silas sank at midnight. Oh, oh, listen to me. Anybody can sing in the sunlight. Anybody can shout and clap and wave your hands when, when everything is going right, when there's money in the bank, when the kids aren't acting up, when the car's not breaking down. Anybody can sing hallelujah then. Anybody can, can, can get happy when, when not only do you have a job, but you actually like your job. Anybody can sing in the sunlight, but Paul and Silas sang at midnight. Oh, oh, people talk about getting their praise on, and, uh, and, 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 and they usually talk about getting your praise on in the context of the good music, the praise team, the drums. I never thought, Karen, we'd see drums in Glenville, but... but <laughs> But anybody, uh, people talk about uh, people talk about getting their praise on, but they usually talk about it in the context of getting uh, getting some good music, and, and it's all right to get your praise on uh, uh, when the praise team and the choir are singing. But the question is, will you still have your praise on, not just in the good times, but will you still have your praise on when they come and shut your lights off? They sang at midnight. They praised God in prison. They, they sang during the graveyard shift. They, they sang at midnight. You see, midnight is your test. See, 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 it's at midnight when you will either give up or you'll look up. They sang at midnight. They, Connie, they said, giving up isn't going to do us any good. They, they said giving up isn't going to change anything. They said we can give up, but guess what? We'll still be locked up. So they said we've come too far. 
to turn back now. And so instead of giving up, they sent praises up. They sang at midnight. And the lesson is you can give up on God if you want to. You can stop coming to church if you want to. But let's get real. Staying home from church ain't going to do you any good. Staying home from church ain't going to fix your marriage. Staying home from church ain't going to fix your car. Staying home from church ain't going to fix your finances. You can stay home, but you'll still be broke. So, so the lesson is don't ever give up on God because he'll never give up on you. The, <laughs> the, Bible, the Bible says they sang Brenda Arthur's at midnight. They, I, I don't know what song they sang, but as a Glenville boy, I, I believe, I want to believe it's, they sang one of them good old songs that, we, that folk used to sing back in the day. I don't know, but somehow I can imagine in my mind Paul singing, I, I will trust in the Lord. Said I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. Said I will trust in the Lord, even at midnight, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust in the Lord until I die. And then when Paul got finished, Silas burst out. He said, where do I go when there's nobody else to turn to? Who do I talk to when nobody wants to listen? And at midnight, who do I lean on when, there, when there's no foundation stable? Paul said, I know what I'll do. I won't give up, but I'll go to the rock said, I'll go to the rock of my salvation. I'll go to the, the stone that the builders rejected. i go to the mountains, and those mountains stand by me when all around is sinking sand. On Jesus Christ, the solid rock, I stand at midnight when I need a shelter, at midnight when I need a friend, at midnight when I've lost my job, at midnight when my spouse walks out, at midnight when my children act like they've lost their mind, at midnight when I can't handle my children, at midnight I won't give up, but I'll go to the rock. They sang at midnight. And... And, and the lesson is, if you just keep on singing through your own midnight, sooner or later, God has got to do something. <laughs> Joe, I like what they say, what verse 26 says. Look at it. It says, suddenly. <laughs> In other words, they weren't expecting God to do what God was about to do. Suddenly, uh, they weren't expecting it. Suddenly, they weren't planning for it. Anybody out there ever had God move suddenly? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, suddenly, they, they told you you are about to get laid off, but suddenly... Uh, they told you your child was about to get put out of school, but suddenly the doctor told you we can't fix what's wrong with you, but suddenly. Oh, 
Oh, the lesson is you might be going through your own midnight, but don't give up because it just may be that God is about to send us suddenly into your life. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Ellen White says in Acts of the Apostles that all heaven was interested in the men who were suffering for Christ. Uh, and she, then she says angels were sent to visit the prison. Oh, listen to me. Uh, the, that quote says two things to me. It says you might be suffering through your own midnight, but I'm glad to tell you that you are not suffering by yourself. The inspired prophet says all heaven is interested in your situation. All heaven is interested in your lost job. All heaven is interested in your strain child. All heaven is interested in your messed up marriage. All heaven. <laughs> they sang. They sang at midnight. And their concert was so good that the angels showed up. And when the angels showed up, those prison doors got, got opened up. Thank you. And, and the, the Bible says the prisoners start getting set free. Oh, I want you to know that when Jesus shows up, Folks start getting set free. <laughs> oh, you know the rest of the story. Let me, let me close by reading just a few more verses. Verse 35, skip down there. I, I like it. It says, when it was day. Now, now listen to me. A few verses back, what time was it? Midnight. Yeah, it was midnight. But now it's day. I like even better how one translation puts it. It says when the morning came. Oh, that tells me that no matter how dark or how long is my midnight, no midnight lasts forever. Sooner or later, the morning comes. The psalmist says, though weeping may. Oh, you're going too fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to miss that verb. It says weeping may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That verb indicates a, a possibility. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like weeping may. Yeah, yeah. Pastor John, I see, I see your children down there. Yeah, yeah. That means when, uh, when they, when, when they, they they're going to finish, they, one day when they finish school and, and graduate, they may get a job. They may move out your house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that possibility. Or they may not. 
Come on, say amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 ladies. That, 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 that young, that man may call. Or he may not. And if he's not a, if he's not a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, come on now. Uh, you better hope he doesn't call. Come, that's, but that's a whole nother service. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so when it talks about suffering, when it talks about trials, when it talks about tribulation, when it talks about troubles, the Bible uses the wor a word that indicates a possibility. You may have to suffer. You may have to cry. You may ha have problems. You may have tribulation. But oh, don't, go, don't go past that. Yeah, yeah, see that word, but, that's, that's a big word. But is a conjunction. See, what but does is it takes a sentence that's going one way, turns it around, and sends it in the other direction. Let, let me give you an example. The wages of sin is death. But you and I had no chance but. You and I had a one-way ticket on the Hell Express, but the gift of God is eternal life. See, wages are what you work for, but a gift is what you are given. So, so this, the, the, the text says, let's get back to our text. It says, though weeping may endure for a night, but then suddenly, that, we back to that word, suddenly. Yeah, suddenly, that sentence turns around. It says, but joy, real joy, wonderful joy, a joy that the world can't give, a, a joy that the world can't take away. When the Bible talks about that joy, it doesn't say may. But in the translations we use, it says that joy will come. May a possibility, but will a certainty. Another word. In other words, you can count on it. If you just hold on from your midnight to his morning. And finally, our last text, verse 30. I like it. Uh, the Philippian jailer, he came to Paul and Silas. He said, what must I do? See, the reason why I like that, Elder Edmonds, is you and I, we, we, spend, uh, we spend our times with Elder Johnson and, and Elder Tucson Williams and Elder Golson up there. We spend our times, and Pastor Dave, we spend all of our time asking people to do what they should be doing without being asked. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Please come to prayer meeting. Please be reverent in the sanctuary. Some of y'all are so bad. The pastor has to say, please don't park in the pastor's parking space. Yeah, we got this, we got to spin, and then, then all time, please be faithful with your tithe and offering. 
Now, I'm going to stay there for a little while. I'm going to watch my time. See, in the old days, you have a clock in the back. I guess they figured out that didn't do the preacher any good. He wasn't paying any attention, so they put it on the side. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay on that time. You, do you know if anybody ought to be faithful, it ought to be poor people. Because we need the blessing. See, when, 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 them brothers, when them brothers came down in them black suits and black ties and them offering plates, you should have knocked them down trying to get return God because you need the blessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, you know what we do? We so foolish. You know what we do? We rob the God who blesses to pay the people who curse us. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, think about it for a minute. Then brothers who own your mortgage, your landlord, then brothers not saying to you, if you're faithful. I, I will open up the windows. No, 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 them brothers ain't saying that. You know what they're saying? They're saying, if you're not faithful, we're going to open up the window and we're going to throw you out. We rob the God that blesses to pay the people who curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah when them, that, the, all them cars I saw in the drive. Raymond, when I, was coming, when I was coming up, people rode the bus to church. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and now, now our children drive better cars than we did when we were adults. Yeah, yeah. And so all them nice cars I saw out there, them, them brothers, they're not saying if you're faithful and you pay your car notes. No, 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 no. Them brothers saying if you ain't faithful and you don't pay your car note, we're going to roll down the windows and drive your car away. We will Pray, we will rob the God who blesses to pay. And, and, you know, we got all kind of excuses. The economy is bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially up here, the economy is bad. Drove past all kind of vacant lots and boarded up buildings and houses for sale. The economy is bad. But I want you to think about something for a minute. Think about the good things that you're, you have in your life. You didn't get them because the economy is good. But all the good things in your life you got because God is good. And I will remind you in case you haven't forgotten that God is still good. He's good when the economy is up, but he's still good when the economy is down. He's good when you're hired, but he's still good when you're fired. He's good when gas is 150, but he's still good when gas is 350. All the good things in your life, they don't come from your good job. They don't come from your good taste. They don't come from your good credit, but every good and perfect gift comes from above. 
And while you clapping, how dare some of you take the blessings from his hand and then rob him to his face. Singing, we give thee but thine own. You know the last people who pulled that stunt? Saying we gave when we didn't give. Yeah, they told me back in that back, there used to be the primary back there. They told me, and when I, when I, when I was in the primary, they told me about some a brother and a sister called Ananias and Sapphira. And they pulled the same stunt that some of us pull every week. And they dropped dead. Oh, you better be glad that God is merciful. For there'd be dead bodies in churches every week. Thank you, Lord. But the Jacob said, what must I do? He did, Paul and Silas didn't have, didn't have to put up a tent. They didn't have to run a revelation seminar. Didn't have to send Bible workers chasing them all over. No, no, that brother came to them. He said, what must I do? In other words, he said, I want what you have. I want to sing through my own midnight. I want to know about the God of the graveyard shift. And this morning as we bring this message to a close, that, that God, he wants to be your God. And he wants to be your God, not next year, not next month, not next week, not even tomorrow. But that God wants to be your God today. I'm going to do what I used to watch when I used to sit up in the balcony up there. I'm going to do what old-fashioned preachers used to do and what old-fashioned preachers like me still do. I'm going to call somebody to Jesus. Here's how I want to do it. I was driving my mom to Atlanta from Huntsville. She was going to Joey Gillian. Some of you know Joey. To Joey Gillian's wedding. I, I had a meeting so I couldn't stay, but I, I dropped her to the funeral and then to the wedding. And then I, 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 my plan was to then get on a plane to fly to Mobile for my preaching appointment. I thought I had plenty of time. Left early. I thought I had plenty of time, you know. <laughs> you know, Raymond, the problem with too many of us is we think 
we have plenty of time. But all you have to do is read the newspaper and to know and you'll know that all the things that we've heard about preached in this church by all the great preachers, J.H. Lawrence and C.D. Brooks and Aaron Brogdon, they told us that this day would come. And it's almost here. So, I got, Elder Davis, I got to, I got to Atlanta in plenty of time. The problem was I forgot to call my brother and tell him what time I was coming. So when I called him, he was on the other side of town. If you've ever, and Sister Arthur said, Atlanta's so spread out that he was way away from where I needed him to be. And so we made arrangements finally to, to, put, to drop my mother off at a restaurant and he would come and get her. But by that time, I went from where I thought I was, having plenty of time, to where all of us are running out of time. But you know, I wasn't afraid. I, I, had, I had flown enough to know that I was on the early plane. And, and so I went up to the counter. Elder Edmonds, I said, they said, Mr. Edmonds, you missed your plane. I said, that's all right. I said, I'll catch the next plane. They said, that's full. I said, I know you got another one. They said, we do. It's full. I knew, that there, I knew there was one more. They said, it's full. But I knew that there was an early morning plane. I said, put me on an early morning plane. They said, that's canceled. So now... I began to walk back down to where my car was, calculating how long it was going to take me to drive. When I was dead tired from Atlanta to Mobile. But, 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 just listen to me, just when I was about to give up. Just when I thought there was no hope, the Spirit said to me, see, I'm a, I fly with Delta, I'm a frequent flyer, and so they, the Spirit said, call Delta one more time. Oh, listen to me. Somebody came to Glenville this morning down. Somebody came depressed. Somebody came discouraged. Somebody came ready to give up. I've got a word from you. Just Call on God one more time. So I, I, I called him, and because I, my, my job makes me fly a lot, I'm a frequent flyer, so I, they have a special line for the, the frequent flyers. And so I, I called, I said, well, maybe I can fly to a nearby city and then drive Gulfport or Pensacola. And so I called the frequent flyer line and I said, this is Mr. Edmund, I am a frequent flyer. And I said, I, I missed all the planes 
to Mobile, and, and I got to get there. I said, can you put me in Gulfport or Pensacola? They said, Mr. Edmund, they said, no, there's no need for that. I said, why not? They said, somebody has changed your reservation, and you have a seat on the next plane. Oh, I was, you know, you know, if you grew up in Glenville back in the old days, you know, you didn't, we didn't shout a lot. And you didn't wave your hands a, a, a lot. And, and folk laugh at me because I'm a prisoner of my background. Everybody jumps up and shouts and all that. And I just kind of sit there, you know. Uh, but, but that day, even I was ready to shout because somebody had changed my reservation. I was in bad shape. I was about to give up, but just when I needed it most, somebody changed. Changed my reservation. Uh oh, then they said something. They, they said something funny. They said, they said, now Mr. Edmund, what, 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 what seat do you want on the plane? Do you you want a middle seat? You want an aisle seat? I said, as glad as I am that when a plane is taking off, I'm going to be on it. I don't care if it's an aisle seat, a window seat, a middle seat. You can even give me a floor seat. I don't care just so long as when that plane takes off, I'm there. Oh, listen to me. The songwriter says, one day the sky shall unfold, preparing his entry. And like Concord Superjets, the saints of God are going to take off on a nonstop flight until they touch down on the sea of glass. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be one of the 144,000 or one of the four and 20 elders, you know all them, all them sophisticated folk, they talk about who's going to make up the 144th. I don't care if I'm the last saint going through the last gate. If I'm person 143,999 Guess what? I don't care. Just so long as when the roll is called up young. I'll be there. And you know what? I can be there. Because somebody changed my reservation. Changed it from life to death, from heaven to hell, from 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 uh, uh, changed it from cursing to blessing. Somebody changed my reservation. And the lastly, the the lady on the phone said, "She said, Mister, there's just a problem. There's just one problem. They said." There is a change fee. 
of $100. See, when you and I mess up, there's no free lunch. There's no cheap grace. When you and I mess up, somebody's got to pay. I'm glad that in order to change my reservation, I didn't have to pay anything because on Calvary, Jesus paid it all. He changed my reservation. And that's why, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, on this homecoming weekend, I can call somebody home. Because Jesus changed your reservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you were lost. Like me, you had a one-way, non-refundable, non-changeable ticket to hell. But Jesus changed, changed your reservation. And, and the only thing that's left is for you to accept it. Let me tell you something else before I close and call somebody to Jesus. Wouldn't I have been a fool, Deborah, if when they changed my reservation, I said, I got to think, I need to think about it. Uh, I'm not ready to, for you to change my reservation. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't it have been stupid for me to say, yeah, I'll wait until tomorrow. See, when, when they said, we've changed your reservation, what they meant was, we've changed it now. Now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. And you know what? Some of you all have heard appeal after appeal after appeal. You, you've become professional sermon critiquers. You've heard people stand behind this desk and, and preach folk to heaven ten times. And, and nothing moves you. I'm scared of folk like that because God in this church if anybody ought to be saved it's people who grew up in Glenville and so today I'm I'm opening up the doors of this church saying to somebody who's lost, some, some former student at Rama, somebody who grew up like I did, hearing what I heard. But somehow you've, you've become displaced. You've wandered far away from God today because Jesus changed your reservation. Today is your day to come home. And so today my appeal starts with somebody 
who once sat in these pews, once walked through these doors. You, you didn't intend to be gone as long as you've been gone. But today you realize that the stuff we heard here is just as true today as it was when you first heard it. And now you want to return to the God of your, your father and your mother or your grandmother, your aunt, your uncle. Somebody needs to come home. And so my appeal starts with you and then And then there's somebody else who's never really made a decision for Jesus Christ, but today, whether for the first time or for the second time or for the fifth time or for the tenth time, it doesn't matter. As long as you do it before you run out of time, somebody right now needs to get up out of your seats, come down front and come home. Need to, either you, you need to start or you need to start all over again. There's somebody today Today, today, right now, I need you to get up. 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 And if you come, somebody else is going to come. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Somebody is somebody coming today. Let's... But can the church say amen? Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. This is God's doing. This is God's working. This is God's moving. He's trying to save somebody. He's trying to save you. He changed your reservation. Oh, let the church say amen. Here's somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else, last few seconds of this service. Somebody else coming to Jesus. Somebody else. Oh, wouldn't it be a tragedy if while on others he's calling, you made him pass you by. There's somebody else. Somebody else. I got about a minute. I got about a minute. I got about a minute. Somebody else needing to say yes to Jesus. Yes to him today I'm down now to 40 seconds and for somebody the last 40 seconds of your eternity for somebody this is your last best chance I'm down to 30 seconds 30 seconds somebody look 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 if you're scared or you're weak just raise your hand we'll come get you we'll come get you 15 seconds Oh, if you can, I'm not holding it long because if you can say, if you can say no to Jesus, you have no problem saying no to me. I just want to know why would you want to? Five seconds now. Somebody in the last five seconds. God of the graveyard shift. He, he, he's coming to get you out of your grave. The graveyard of sin. Oh, I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit right now. Before I call the pastor of the church. There's somebody. Somebody's still out there. You knew you should have come. Won't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I, when, when Pastor Evans prays, ask him to pray for me. I know what I should have done. I, I've, been, I've, been a, I've been here too long not to know I should have come today. A, ask him to pray for me. Didn't come, but should have come. 
Pray for me, Pastor. That's, that's your, just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Just raise your hand. Yeah, God will see you. Just raise, say, Pastor, pray for me. I see you. I see you. Somebody else, I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Elder, pray for us today, please. Let us bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, just want to first, we want to repent first, God, for For how we've treated you. Just so good to know that heaven is open for business 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year. For many of us, God, we didn't realize how much you loved us. I mean, to even sin, you had to keep us alive. And for that, God, I agree with Jeremiah. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God, I pray that the spirit of Laodicea the lukewarm, lackadaisical spirit that yeah, we yeah, bring yeah. to God. God, that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, set us free from the paralyzing disease of lukewarm religion. Yeah, yeah. God, I thank you for Paul and Silas, who, God, after they got whooped and beaten in prison, did not complain, did not make excuses, but they blessed your name. They worshiped you in spite of what they were going through. God, I pray that you will give us that kind of spiritual yeah. grit. Give us that kind of spiritual mustard, God, that we just would stand in the face of the devil no matter what he dishes to us, and we will say, I will bless him at all times. I'll yeah. still serve him. I'll still love him. I'll still be committed to him. God, I feel today that there are those of us who are being discouraged, discouraged, and depressed by the vicissitudes of life. But I thank you that the preacher told us today to hold on, to not let go, to not give up. Oh, God, help us today. God, it's just too, it's too late to give up now. We've got, we've, we've got to be saved. We've been to hell on earth. We're not going to go to hell again. God, we want a place in your heavenly kingdom. And if there's anybody else in here today, the preacher may not have called your exact situation. And, you, and you've used that as an excuse as to why you won't get up. Whether you want to join or not, you know you showed up here today and you need to go to another level in your relationship with God. Whatever the terminology that you want to use is, you know that your walk with God needs more than what you got now. I invite you to stand right where you are. He didn't call your number. He didn't say you need to join the church. You ain't been a long time in coming, but you've used that as an excuse. The bottom line is you know you got an appointment with God today. You need to get up on your feet and say yes to your will. Yes to your way. You've been avoiding an area in your life that God has been speaking to you on. Some of you are in sin right now and you're hard in getting out of it. And you felt uncomfortable the entire time the message was preached. The least you can do is get up out of your seat and say yes to God. The least you can do is raise up off.